I'm Jay Edidin. And I'm Miles Stokes. And this is Hawk Talk. Where we talk hawks. Normally, you'd be listening to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, a weekly walk through the ins, outs, retcons, clones, and time travel of comics' greatest superhero soap opera. But once every four weeks, we take a week off from our intricately planned, actual, actually edited, reasonably competent podcast, and just kind of fuck around. Exactly. Edited completely, so um, if it's all messed up, then uh, that's why. So be it. You get what you pay for. Unless you're one of our patrons, in which case you get less than you pay for this week, but hopefully more than you pay for other weeks. Well, yeah, a lot of our Patreon stuff is is that, that you know, everyone gets more when everyone gets more, so. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, but yeah, so here we are with Hawk Talk. Uh, what are we talking today, Jay? Well, Miles, while we're not quite there yet, this episode is going to be going up on your birthday. So I was thinking maybe we could talk about something that you really like. Okay, th- there are so many things I really like. Well, um, I was thinking about, about things we could we could fill an hour with, or half an hour, or however long we do this. Until we stop doing it, I guess. Um, and I was thinking that maybe we could talk, or, well, mostly you're going to be talking if we do this one, about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I have a lot to say about the Ninja Turtles. Arguably too much to say about the Ninja Turtles. Well, and I know very, very little about them, so I figure that positions me pretty well to ask you really stupid questions. Excellent. Stupid questions are some of my favorite questions. So, the first thing... I, I, I want to ask, actually harkens back to the theme song of the cartoon. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll, we'll go more into the, the nature and, and, and origins and all of that stuff shortly, but this has been bugging me. Now, the theme song refers to them as heroes on a half shell. And, yeah. And it, it, it's my understanding that they, in fact, have full shells. So I think it's actually really macabre and morbid, if I understand this correctly. Because I know, like, oysters on a half shell means that you serve this dead creature, or sometimes live creature, I guess, if it's an oyster, uh, on its shell. And people eat turtles, so I assume that's mean. that means these are heroes that are going to be eaten pretty soon and are torn open if it's a half shell. That's dark. I mean, they would be literally torn open because unlike, unlike oysters, turtles' shells are parts of their skeleton. Yeah, I know um, there was this uh, Image Comics Ninja Turtle series, uh, which was sort of its own thing. It's not canonical with anything else. And at one point, Donatello got his shell smashed or ripped off or something by bad guys and had to become a cyborg because of it because it was holding him together and he would have died otherwise, which is super intense for something that started out as... Actually, I guess it didn't start out as a kid's comic or show. It started out pretty dark, but is mostly known as a kid's comic and show. So thank you for that excellent lead-in. Can you tell me a little bit about where this stuff came from? Because, I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a very specific premise. Sure is. Okay, so before we dive in, uh, I'm actually by no means a Ninja Turtle scholar. I just really, really liked them when I was a kid. So I know stuff from around, like, the 90s, but not much after, and I was a kid, so I'm probably wrong about some of it. I mean, I think that you should feel free to lie as much as you want, because I won't know the difference, and our listeners will have fun correcting you. Okay, well, when I created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 1986, those were just my four favorite words, Teenage Mutant Ninja and Turtles, and I thought it would be cool for my friends on the playground, and now I'm a multi-trillionaire because of licensing fees. Alternately... Um, okay, so the story as I understand it is that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who are, who are the creators of the Ninja Turtles, uh, were starving artists who were basically trying to make any money on comics, and after a very long night, uh, decided to do what was essentially a Daredevil parody 
so instead of having Master Stick, they had Master Splinter. Instead of having the Hand Ninja Clan, they had the Foot Ninja Clan. And they made Ninja Turtles. Like, there were funny animal comics at the time, and this was a kind of a funny animal comic, but played super violent and straight. I guess their powers are pretty Daredevil parallel, or at least their origins are. The whole, you know, getting hit with, with radioactive waste thing. Yeah, exactly. It's totally a Daredevil parody. Like, specifically that darkety-dark Daredevil from that era with, like, Frank Miller and stuff. That was kind of how you got powers in the mid-80s. Um, kids don't actually play in radioactive waste. It kind of makes sense when you think about it, though. I mean, everything was atomic stuff in the 60s, right? Like, that was the mysterious energy source. Right. And, you know, like, radioactive uh, environmental hazardous stuff was being talked about a lot in the 80s with, you know, the sort of kind of focus on the beginnings of environmentalism. The, the nominal EPA, or that, well, the actual EPA. But then, you know, then you get stuff like Ghostbusters, where the EPA is the bad guys. I love the movie Ghostbusters a lot, but it's kind of a very Reagan-y, conservative movie in a lot of ways. As the proud owner of a Walter Peck action figure, actually, I'm just going to leave it there. I am the proud owner of a Walter Peck action figure. <laughs> yes, yes, um, you are. <laughs> it does not have a penis, because it's an action figure, and unlike, um, do not expect my children's toys to have enormous male genitalia. The fuck? Oh god, so did you this is this is sort of relevant in that it's a toy of our childhood. So the potato the Mr. Potato headline is changing its name to the potato headline. Now the name of the toy is staying the same. It's just that now there there are a lot of different parts of it. Okay. So there's Mr. Potato Head, there's Mrs. Miss um there's Mrs. Potato Head, there are whatever they call the children, there's the Potato Head family. And each of those was under a, a, a separate brand name before, and now they're just all going to be under Potato Head. Now, a large number of, of right-wing folks who I assume have a lot of time on their hands have become extremely upset because they feel that this is politically correct America and that somehow we are functionally castrating Mr. Potato Head. But all his parts come off anyway. I know! He's a potato! Yeah, also, potatoes don't have mustaches normally. I kind of wish they did now that I think about it, but... Oh, jeez. Oh, conservatives. Oh, just, just stop. Stop, stop doing that thing. I feel like this is the opposite of the Herald, they're lesbians. Like, Herald, they're potatoes. <laughs> yes. Uh, tangent. I'm, anyway. I'm bringing it anyway, back, though. Check this shit. So, they're the Ninja Turtles, right? They were a parody funny animal comics. They had a lot of other parodies right. of them. Um, or not even parodies, just like ripoffs, like, uh, I don't know, say Street Sharks or something. But there was this one, I think they were called the Barnyard Commandos, and they were like farm animals but Ninja Turtles, and they had a bunch of military technology, and that struck me as real weird as a kid, but also I kind of wanted those toys anyway. It's very Animal Farm. If I recall correctly, one of them was like an egg with weapons and stuff, which kind of reminded me of that one egg with the duck feet sticking out in the Garfield cartoon. But I may not be remembering correctly. I don't know. I was a kid. Kids are living in, like, perpetual fever dreams. Oh, it mostly makes me think of Nanny. Oh, yeah, yeah, from X-Men, totally. Oh, she's so but great in Hellions right now. But let's bring it back to other more classic lesbians, namely the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, yes, of course. So, so um, you mentioned they were they were created as, as kind of a, a potential, you know, we gotta do something that sell... That, that'll sell Hail Mary Pass. And they sold. How 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 did this happen? Like, it's such a weird creation. I can't explain it. 
because like if it was a kid's thing sure i mean ninja turtles as a kid's property that makes a lot of sense i was a kid when i was super into them but the early ninja turtles comics are like not really kid compatible at all they're really bloody and dark i mean not all of them but like certainly the first issue is the the first many issues so i I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the licensing agreement works. Whatever executives made that licensing deal have probably, like, ascended to capitalist nirvana by now. What What is capitalist nirvana like? Is this a concept from Ninja Turtles as well? Um, you know, I don't think the political commentary ever really got that deep, but I would love to see it do so. Then again, again, I haven't really been familiar with the Ninja Turtles in the last, like, 25 years or so so i don't know maybe they added that in at some point so the show's called the teenage mutant ninja turtles but not all the characters on the show are turtles right uh, are all the animals like mutated from the same ooze or are there any like normal animals uh okay so oh that's that's complicated so most of the characters are indeed uh humans who mutated into a hybrid version of the last animal they touched before they got exposed to the ooze. Okay, but the turtles were originally turtles, Exactly. Right? So some some are the reverse as well. So apparently there are two categories of things. There is human and animal. Or, if you believe some of the toys that came out, there's human and whatever the fuck else. Like, I was actually having a conversation with somebody, and somebody mentioned uh, bringing your pizza face to a pizza party. And that reminded me of a character named Pizza Face, which is the most vile, horrifying Ninja Turtles action figure that, of course, I had. It's like this pizza chef, and the last thing he touched before he got exposed to the mutagenic ooze was a pizza. And so he's like half pizza, but that mainly just means he's covered in goo and looks terrifying. And one of his legs is a pizza cutter that's impaling a bleeding pizza box. Where would you put him on the, the um, melting Senator Kelly scale of horrific toys? Oh... I don't know, like, there, it's it's apples and oranges, because Melting Senator Kelly was supposed to be a kind of gross concept, but the action figure's execution made it way grosser than intended, and I feel mm -hmm. like Pizza Face was always supposed to be that gross, so Pizza Face is a more successful action figure, but it worries me more. It was sold individually, so its its creators at least had more fundamental faith in it. Right, because the Senator Kelly action figure came with, like, was it Mystique, or...? I think it was with Jean Grey, weirdly. That is real weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's super weird. Pizza Face, I had that action figure, because I would buy fucking anything that was Ninja Turtles related. Like, I had Mutagen Man, he was this, this dude where he had, like, kind of zombie arms and legs, but his torso was this transparent glass tank, and there were organs floating in it. He's a little bit like Glob Herman, but way worse. Uh, so I want to loop back around to the Ninja Turtles themselves, to the the the, the eponymous Ninja Turtles. Um, back when I, I was first transitioning, you told me at some point that basically a, a, a cornerstone of American masculinity is that you have to identify with a specific Ninja Turtle. Please elaborate. Okay, so now I will say, as somebody very qualified to speak about psychology— with my BA in psychology that I haven't used in any way, shape, or form in two decades, that trait psychology, while fun, is perhaps a slight oversimplification. Would you say that Ninja Turtle-based trait psychology is more or less valid than the Myers-Briggs scale? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say a little less simply because there are fewer Ninja Turtles than Myers-Briggs archetypes. Um... But you know what there are the same number of Ninja Turtles as in terms of trait psychology? 
the four... Cardinal Directions? Uh, well, Cardinal Directions, yes. And that's actually relevant, kind of, because the four humors... You know, like in ancient Greek and Roman uh, medical theory and philosophical theory, you had the four humors, right? There was blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. And each corresponded to a different, like, personality archetype and a different uh, element, like air, earth, fire, water, um, various other things as well. Probably cardinal directions, for all I know. But the Ninja Turtles actually correspond really well to the four humors. So check this shit. So... You have blood, that's sanguine personalities who are, like, enthusiastic and social. Okay, I know we say we never prepare for these episodes, but spoiler, Jay did tell me that we were going to be talking about Ninja Turtles, and I did look up the four humors. Anyway, so the first humor— I love that that's how you prepped for a Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> Obviously! So, okay, uh, sanguine personalities are enthusiastic and social. Obviously, that's Michelangelo. Yellow bile is for choleric personalities, which are aggressive. There's your Raphael. Black bile, melancholic— mostly corresponds to Donatello, and phlegm, phlegmatic personalities, that's like reserved personalities, mostly corresponds to Leonardo. So we have these four humors. We have these four Ninja Turtles. And I feel like, in terms of the way that many uh, masculine people approach masculinity, you're not necessarily going to identify purely with one, but there's probably going to be one you click a little more with. So for me, that was always Michelangelo. I was, and still strive to be, a party dude. Like, when I was a kid, uh, I actually used to have people call me Miles Angelo sometimes. That was on a birthday cake for my ninja-themed birthday party when I was, like, 9 or 10 or 8 or something. Okay, first of all, that is sickeningly adorable. Second... I know that each of them, from the theme song, in fact, have, you know, brief descriptive epithets. And for listeners not as familiar with the Ninja Turtles as you are, can we go through those briefly uh, as we're going into this section? Uh, okay, so uh, Leonardo leads. That is his trait. He's, he's the leader. He's also phlegmatic, as we established. Um, Donatello does machines, which I think that means he, like, works on machines, but it kind of sounds like he's Madison Jeffries and he's fucking them, which, I mean... I I don't know. Maybe. It's a kid's adaptation of something more grown up. Maybe we just don't see that. Do the Ninja Turtles fuck? Uh, they've had romantic partners before, and both of the species that they come from, turtles and humans, are sexual species by default, so I assume so. I was actually about to ask, leading from there, have, have any of them successfully reproduced? Not that I know of. But, you know, maybe the various reboots uh, one of them has. Like, there's some time travel. I'm sure there are some Ninja Turtles, like, offspring running around in various alternate futures. Probably? Anyway, you are saying. Uh, right, okay. So, um, Leonardo Lee is on Intelligence Machines. Uh, Raphael is cool but crude. Or possibly cruel but rude. It's one of those Berenstain Bears things where, like, everyone is, is split on whether it's crude or rude. Well, you said cruel but rude is the op is the other version. So that one seems less likely just because those aren't fundamentally contrasting traits. Uh, well, uh, I've only ever heard cool but crude or cool but rude. Oh, uh, I heard the second cool as cruel and was confused. I mean, he can be kind of a dick, as shown by his choleric, aggressive personality. Uh, and then Michelangelo is a party dude. Enthusiastic, social, sanguine. And so there you go. I mean... There's a certain appeal to being summed up so simply to just having those core traits that you can just embody and identify with and bring into the world without having to wonder just who you are in this world of uncertainty 
as just one cog in the giant machine that is life, a speck of dust in the sandstorm and or desert in which we live. It's been a long quarantine, Jay. I would like to point out, um, we are we absolutely do not script any of this. When we rant, we're just ranting in Hawk Talk. Yeah, the entire premise of Hawk Talk is that we do not prepare, although again, Miles cheated by researching humors. Just the four I humors. Not... That's all I researched. I, I should say, I am also completely winging these questions. I do have a piece of paper in front of me, but it's a knitting pattern. <laughs> Those questions would be hard to apply to Ninja Turtles. Maybe not impossible. So, Miles, um, brioche right slanting, um, slip one yarn over, uh, brioche knit, slip one yarn over, brioche uh, knit, yarn over, brioche knit, and then slip one yarn over, brioche knit four times, and then slip one yarn over. Uh, I f what would you think? What, what do you think? Uh, okay, so I feel like the Ninja Turtles love pizza. They love modifying it, so pizza with a brioche crust is totally something they would try. Uh, Ooh, that sounds great. I actually... So I had this um, plastic, like, little kid's table when I was a kid that was Ninja Turtles-themed because fucking all of my stuff was Ninja Turtles-themed. And uh, on the table, there was, like, a big uh, sticker of a big pizza, and you had little stickers of toppings that you could put onto it. Which didn't, like, come off, really. You could just put them on once, which seems weird for a, a kid's table. But they had things like uh, jelly beans, and that encouraged me to, one day, when I was a kid, try a jelly bean pizza. It was not great. Okay. Yeah. So, you say you're, you were really into Ninja Turtles and everything with Ninja Turtles theme, but I know for a fact that you used to run around in a Skeletor costume. Did these phases overlap, and if so, did you play crossovers? Uh, no, they did not overlap, and crossovers were verboten, because that would not have been canonical. And, uh, surprising anyone who listens to this show, I think about canon a lot. Uh, no, I had phases, so my first pop culture phase was indeed He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the, the Skeletor costume phase. Uh, my second phase was Ninja Turtles, and my third phase was Ghostbusters. And after that, I started getting into comics and was less, like, you know, obsessed with one individual property at a time. These sound like stages of a boss fight. They kind of are. Or possibly stages of the blood-brain barrier. You know, you got your, uh, your, your Dura Mater, your Pia Mater, and your Arachnoid Mater. I don't know if they go in that order. It's been a while since psychology. I was going to ask which corresponded to which Ninja Turtle, but there are only three, so obviously that's not going to work too well as a comparison. It's true, it's true. Uh, no, no, you have to have four items in your collection of, uh, of contrasting traits to fit the Ninja Turtles. So, you mentioned that the tone of the Ninja Turtles has varied pretty widely, and, you know, like other people on the internet, I've, I've seen the, the panel of Batman being telling Raphael about where his parents died. <laughs> what? I haven't seen that! Yeah, apparently there was some crossover where um, Batman's like, Raphael, this is where my parents died. And does he just do a uh, Sokka-esque, or rather Zuko-esque, that's rough, buddy? I, I, I don't know, I've, I've only seen that bit of it, and I may be misremembering. It might have been a different turtle he was talking to. Um, but again, you know, as you mentioned, they started out really dark, really violent. I've read some of the old Eastman and Laird stuff, and as you said, it, yeah, again, definitely not for kids. How how did you come into? Did you start with the cartoon? Did you start with the comics? Um, if you started with the cartoon, were you horribly traumatized when you found the comics? Oh, geez, that I was so young, I don't remember. Although I guess I could maybe look into this. So, um, I when I was in Florida a couple times ago, my mom pulled out this big box of all of the schoolwork I'd done, like from when I was tiny to when I graduated high school. And of course she did. Of course, yeah, she did. And um, one thing from when I was like super little, maybe, I don't know, eight-ish or so, seven-ish, um, 
there was this like biography project that we were doing in you know first grade or whatever and you had to have significant uh events in your life mapped out and one of them was like my parents getting divorced and one of them was me discovering the ninja turtles that was a specific entry as like this is who i am because of these events you know you say you were super young but i feel like you would have done that at pretty much any age including 39 it was it was significant in my pop culture development at the very least and my understanding of trait psychology and masculine archetypes uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I feel like, I feel like the recognition of that fact isn't something that you can, you can just attribute to childish folly. No, 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 fair, fair. I, I, my child self thanks you for the, uh, for the respect. Uh, but how did I discover them? I don't know. I assume it must have been the cartoon or like kids on the playground telling me about the cartoon. Um, my dad did have uh, the first four trades of the original Mirage Studios comic. Uh, he probably didn't give those to me when I was first into Ninja Turtles because I was so small. But I remember having those when I was relatively young. And don't get me wrong, we're not talking about like heads exploding and intestines being pulled out. It's just a lot of people being cut with swords and dying. Uh, it's nothing like too, too extreme. But yeah, I was really into the cartoon. I was actually really, really into the comic adaptation of the cartoon, as opposed to the comic that inspired the cartoon. So Archie Comics did a series called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. Kind of like X-Men Adventures was the adaptation of the uh, X-Men animated series in the 90s. And the first maybe nine-ish issues were just based on episodes of the cartoon directly. They were just retellings. But after that, the Archie Comics started doing their own thing plot-wise. And they got weird and really cool, but especially weird. Like, uh, there was this one storyline, I remember, where the Ninja Turtles were on this big quest involving this thing called the Turnstone that the witch Mary Bones had, uh, had told them about. That was the witch that turned Leatherhead into an alligator man. He did not mutate the same way the Ninja Turtles did, or many of the other mutants. Uh, but yeah, they ended up, like, uh going between dimensions and they were on this they got pulled into this like interdimensional professional wrestling deal and like Raphael kept wearing his all black costume for a while after that and they met up with this dude named uh, Cowlick I want to say who was this big floating cow head who would swallow them and then go to a different dimension and spit them out and then they were in the dimension and like it it just got bizarre but it was surprisingly compelling like, I feel like people who are really big Sonic the Hedgehog fans are kind of into this type of thing, where it's super cartoony and kid-oriented, but also just this really bizarrely deep continuity. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that was that was actually, honestly, one of the things that got me into comics, period. Like, I grew up with my dad reading me comics, but I started buying my own comics because of the Ninja Turtles Adventures comic. That's when, you know, I became familiar with our local comic shop, which was the one I would end up buying X-Men from. Was was that the really shitty one? Uh, no, no, this wasn't the really shitty one with the jerk. This was just, like, some comic store. It was called Time Machine 2. I don't remember anything about it, except that I went there and got Ninja Turtles comics. Was there a Time Machine 1? Or is this a Moon Unit 2 situation? I always wondered that! I don't know! Maybe the time machine. Maybe time machine one would would happen later. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things where what happened to time machine one ends up being a really big deal. Like the fact that Babylon Five is about Babylon Five, and many of the previous Babylons end up being significant to the plot. Not all of them, I think, but many of them. Anyway, that's so, 
that's not Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Turtles right, no. yes. We gotta I mean, stay focused. Ninja Turtles. Would, would the Ninja Turtles fare well on Babylon 5? Uh, probably. I mean, Babylon 5 is a pretty pretty chill place. They're very open to uh, many different cultures and religions, as they would tell the viewer constantly. So, you know, I mean, they'd get caught up in fighting, like, weird telepathic invisible monsters and stuff. So this kind of brings me back to the Ninja Turtles' relationships to humans, because they have, they have relationships to humans. They have, you know, they have, they have human buddies. Um, but they're also, they're sentient, they're bipedal, they're, they're intelligent, they can communicate, you know, verbally. They pretty much do the things that we, we feel that, we figure that humans do. Do they have any kind of legal status? Is that ever explored? I don't know. Although I did read that in the current IDW comics, like, this thing happened that mutated a whole bunch of people, and now there's Mutant Town, kind of like Mutant Town and X-Men, actually, uh, that was going on for a while. Um, and so I imagine that the mutant characters would have to have some kind of legal governmental status with so many of them there. I don't know. I've heard the IDW comic is actually fucking great, but I haven't read any of it. It's Sophie Campbell, of course it's great. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it's... Um, I'm not sure if she's doing it now, but she definitely did for a while. But yeah, her Ninja Turtle work is outstanding. Yeah, so, uh, I, I don't know, but I mean, this is certainly something that, uh, is, is ripe for exploration in this funny animal comic Daredevil parody that spawned a freaking multimedia empire. So, you know, you talk about the IDW comics, and one of the things that the IDW comics did was, was add, you know, a, a second female turtle. I, I think there was one other one before, and now, now there's at least one additional one. But I believe, if I remember correctly, that you as a small child uh, pitched yet another direction for that to go. Um, and I, I think that our listeners would appreciate it if you shared that particular story, because it is charming. Oh, fucking Christ, I can't believe you remember this. <laughs> oh, I remember everything. I, this, this is the thing, listeners. I mean, not that I have much shame, but if I did, this is an unedited episode, so I would have to either completely evade or just go for it. You just gotta know, all, all of Miles' childhood anecdotes are just, like, horrifyingly cute. They're, they're all really charming. They're the kind of things that would be embarrassing if he were, like, 13. But as an adult, you can just be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I, I was that child in a Skeletor costume who said that he, he was becoming a ninja to cope with the stress of his parents' divorce. I did say that, that's true, in my autobiography at the end of yeah. the, the book I wrote in second grade about the author section yeah that was future law enforcement which was based on some like lego spacemen figures that i played with that i put together but the plot was just ripped off a you guessed it ninja turtles episode uh but anyway um before i became a ninja to deal with my parents divorce uh what was the question oh right the, the female turtle thing Yes, so I wrote into Playmates Toys, um, which they, they made the Ninja Turtles toys, and sent them a bunch of proofs of purchase that were called Pizza Points. He would cut them out of the packaging and taped a bunch of my change, like coins, to this letter as well, along with the Pizza Points. I guess as some kind of a bribe? I, I, unclear. But I told them about new characters that they should have, and um, a couple of them... Yeah, I think these are the more embarrassing ones, were, I believe, Christmas Tree Man and Hamburger Man, which were a mutant Christmas tree and hamburger, because I guess they had touched those things uh, before coming into contact with mutagenic ooze. I mean, I'm not sure those are fundamentally worse than a lot of the actual ones. You know, you're not wrong. Also, some of the actual ones were a little racist, and I don't think a hamburger's racist. I hope not. Anyway, uh, the other character was the female turtle. And her name was Turtlette. So there you go. 
Turtleette, my female turtle creation. I think she had like a yellow bandana mask because none of the characters did at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, I forget what her weapon was. It was a long time ago. Her name was Turtleette. I bear my right, soul def- before you. After the great, the great uh, Renaissance artist. Turtleette, yes. Uh, there was a female turtle in one of the shows called Mona Lisa. I think she was in the live-action TV show that was based kind of on the movies. Which is weird, because you have the Ninja Turtles named after artists, and then you have the female turtle named after, like, something artists made. That's a weird split, right? That's that's an incredibly, incredibly telling split, actually. But it also raises some interesting questions about where she came from, because, I mean, we know Smurfette, for instance, was, was artificially created by a villain to undercut the Smurfs. Um, was, was Mona Lisa likewise? I mean, the turtles obviously um, have, have a somewhat artificial origin, but was, was she constructed? Was she a... a galatea type figure i have no idea but i do know that there was also like another female ninja turtle i think she was more of like a lizard but she was called venus after venus de milo but she did have arms so i don't know why they called her that but again an artistic piece not an artist this really does speak to the general asymmetry of agency in male and female fictional creations well if she was a lizard person she probably could have lost and regrown the arms well maybe that happened all right fuck it that's canon I mean, I realize we can't actually say what Ninja Turtles canon is because we're not Ninja Turtles podcasters except at this very moment. Uh, but fuck it, it's canon. I love that. That's great, Jay. All right. So so you, you mentioned, you've mentioned lizards. You've mentioned um, that Splinter's a rat. What other animals do we see? How, how weird does this get? Because, I mean, most of these are sort of common pest animals. I don't think there are actually wild turtles running around New York, but they were, they were, I know they were originally supposed to be pets, so that bypasses that. There are definitely, definitely rats. Are there pigeons? I didn't know of a pigeon one. There's a duck. That's ace duck. Um, there's, there's a bat, which they're not birds, but they fly around. His name is Wingnut. He hung out with a a uh, mosquito named Screwloose. There was also a larger mosquito named Needlenose, who was like a kind of vehicle-type thing that the Ninja Turtles could ride around on. That was a toy. I got it for Christmas. I was very excited. Uh, That's a very large mosquito. Very, very large mosquito. Size of a bus. Yeah, because the Ninja Turtles are basically human size, right? Yeah, although I think they're really big in the Michael, Michael Bay movies. I don't know. I haven't seen those movies. They didn't look good. I have also not seen those movies, and I feel okay about that. I have seen the uh, the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. I saw that so many times in the theaters. In retrospect, well, in retrospect, it's better than the sequels. So what would you say is, is the peak of Ninja Turtles, if, if someone is interested in, in going in and experiencing, or at least the peak of your personal Ninja Turtles canon? Because as you mentioned, you're not entirely you know caught up on the comics. Fuck. And the films. Well, I think it kind of depends on what you're going for. Um, which I realize is... The Miles Ninja Turtles experience. Well, it depends on what I'm going for. I I like lots of things. So, in terms of movies, my favorite movie is the one from 2007, which I believe was, like, a spinoff of the 2003 cartoon. Um, but that's a... It's CG. It's, you know, early 2000 CG, whatever. But it's actually pretty good, from what I recall. Like, it has some good character stuff. Patrick Stewart plays the villain. The villains are really weird, but that's fine. I appreciated that it didn't just retell the whole Shredder thing. Like, at the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, there was Shredder. He's dead. Whatever. Moving on. Um, April's a ninja, which is cool. I think she's played by, uh, What's-Her-Face that played Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, but yeah, uh, that's actually kind of a cool movie. As far as comics... I mean, the Mirage Studios stuff is fun, especially once they started getting a bunch of guest writers and artists. Like, I think my favorite Ninja Turtles comic from the the actual comic, not the Archie ones, it's a storyline called The River, 
Um, I believe it's by uh, fuck. Is it is it Sam Keith? Maybe might be Sam Keith. I have no idea. Again, you could be making stuff up, and I would not know. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's good. Um, the Ninja Turtles are training at this river, and the leech gets on Raphael, and basically because of its, uh, you know, it's a leech, so it drinks some of its blood, and so it gets more mutated, and he gets less mutated. And so it's like this Flowers for Algernon kind of thing, where he's devolving into just an animal, and this leech is getting bigger and bigger and keeps, like, seeking him out when nobody's around, so it's kind of like Dracula in that regard, and it's actually great. There is some Native American magic that's probably kind of racist, I don't know, I mean, everything from the 90s is racist, but uh, I really like that story, so I don't know, maybe people can check that out. I don't know if you can still find it. Okay, I, I, I want to close with one final question, just something that's always kind of low-key bothered me. So, in the Ninja Turtles mythos, you've got mutated animals, you've got mutated humans, you've got regular humans. What the fuck is Krang? Krang is a Utron alien. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But yeah, they're a race of aliens. Uh, they were in the original Mirage comic, although I don't know that they had a name. And in the Mirage comic, they were responsible for the mutagenic ooze that kind of got out and did all this stuff. Um... And they also were, like, in the abdomens of robot bodies, although the robots didn't look like big, bald guys like Krang's body did in the cartoon. They were just more like Terminators. And, um, yeah, they're the real jerks. Uh, from what I understand, in the later Ninja Turtle stories in different reboots, they play a more prominent role. But, uh, yeah, Krang is one of them. I don't remember if they're actually from Dimension X in the comic or if that was just the cartoon, but Dimension X is a cool name for a dimension. I feel like they probably got first pick at Dimension names, and they were like, fucking Dimension X is what we were called, and everyone else was disappointed because they, then they had to be like, you know, Dimension R or whatever. Thank you. I, 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 that, that has filled a, a place in my brain that was, was kind of perpetually agitatedly empty. Um, well, there you go. And in, in general, this has been a very, very illuminating Hawk Talk. I feel like I know a lot more about Hawks than I did going in. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Miles, and happy birthday. Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, listeners, I uh, I hope you like Ninja Turtles, or you at least like hearing us ramble about stuff. Because, man, that was very specific. I'm impressed we were able to talk about, for the most part, just that for however the hell long it's been. I don't know. My interface doesn't have a timestamp. Only yours does. Uh, 34 minutes and 18 seconds. 34 minutes and 18 nope, seconds. No, it's 20 seconds. 21. 22, and then the rest of the episode was just Jay counting up continually in real time. 26. 27. 